Well, 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 here we are. Bridge City Church, Murraysville. How you doing today? Y'all doing good? I'm so excited. I am so amped that you are here today. Listen, there is Christmas, God with us. There's Easter, we realize God's for us. And then I'm telling you, as a pastor, the next biggest day to me is Connection Group Sunday when you get to sign up for a group. Come on. And um, I, I am so excited about this. I'm telling you, uh, like I said, there's Christmas, Easter, God with us, God for us, and then God help us. Come on, somebody, yeah. God help us. We need a group. And, then, and listen, I'm just going to make it really clear to you right now. Let's, let's make it really, really clear. I'm going to do everything I can, everything possible, everything within me over the next 35 to 95 minutes, you pick, to do everything I can do to get you to sign up for a group. Amen. I'm going I'm I'm to do everything I can to get you into a group. This is, this, this is the big deal. I believe this because we believe in relationships here. Somebody came to me uh, just recently and, uh, after a tennis match and they said, what kind of church is Bridge City Church? They said, what kind of church is that? And, and, I, and I said, it's a, it's a kind of church if you listen to your pastor, everything goes great. And, uh, <laughs> I said, everything's wonderful. He goes, he, goes, he goes, okay, no, really, what kind of church is it? And I said, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you, we, we, we believe in relationships. Amen. We believe that relationships are paramount. As a matter of fact, we believe in uh, if, if, if a high-yield, high-return relationships. I always tell people, if you like it flashy and you want lots of lights and, 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 and smoke which, and, and all that stuff, I, I love all that stuff, but like, you're not going to find it, but you're going to find substance and you're going to find relationships because that's what I believe. But, you know, relationships are different things to different people. Relationships are. Now, I want you to think about your answer right now to that statement, relationships are. Just think first. Just think, relationships are, and then fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. Let's think of, just think it, think it through here. Okay, now real quick, look to your neighbor and give them your answer. Say, relationships are. Look at your neighbor and give it to him. Come on, just say it to him. Anything. Come on, relationships are. Relationships are. Relationships are. Okay. Now, some of you, some of you probably said, Difficult. Now, all the introverts said draining. Right? If you're sitting next to your spouse, you just looked at them and said, fascinating. Yeah, fascinating. They fascinate me. Yeah, they really do. They fascinate me. Come on, just look at me. Do not look at your spouse right now. Come on. There's all these different things, but, but they, relationships are necessary, and they're meaningful, and they're essential. Hopefully you landed somewhere there. But relationships are, and, 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 and we, we, need, we had to wrestle with this here. You see, at Bridge City Church, we have a mission, and our mission is this, is we gather, everything we do, we gather to grow. We give and we go to make disciples all for the glory of God. And so people come to me, and they say, what do you value at Bridge City Church? And I want to give you our values right now. This is our values right here. We value gathering faithfully. Pastor Eric preached on that last week. Didn't he do a great job? Those of you that were here, come on. Awesome. Thank you. And, uh, and, and today's all about growing relationally. Because God wants us to grow within the concept of relationships and grow relationally. And then we love to give of our, our lives generously. And we go urgently into our world. And I believe if we do these first four, then God gets all the glory. 
See, if we do these things, then God gets glory. So we value these things. And so as we value them, we believe that God, God gets glory, and that's what we're in it for here. We're in it so God can get all the glory and honor in, in, in everything here. So here's our verse that we, um, a couple verses that we're launching every week in our foundations, foundations here. And we're going back to like as a, as a church because of what we believe, and we believe that this, the word of God is, is the standard for our lives. In, in, in church was Jesus's idea. Church is God made, not man made. You got, you got to grab a hold of that. And so because of that, listen, there's certain things we do and we realize because of our belief system, there's behaviors that follow it here. And so here we go in, in Matthew 16, Jesus just gets done asking his small group of followers who he is. And Simon Peter answers, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now verse 18, verse 18, we're gonna say these red letters together. Let's say, you already, can you see them right there? We're gonna say this out loud together. Here we go. Now I say, Yeah. Come on, how many of y'all want to be a part of that church? Yeah, that, yeah, the one Jesus is building that says that the power of hell will not be able to stand up against it. That's what he's building. But we have to realize if we don't build relationally and we're not connected, we're going to lose our power. And I believe the two of the biggest enemies in, in, against Jesus' church are this, are disunity and disconnected. I believe that with all my heart. I believe it in disunity and disconnected are the two biggest weapons that the enemy uses against Jesus' church. I believe this with all my heart, with everything within my being. Now, I want you to think about something. Yesterday, we remembered a very sobering day in 9-11. We remembered something very significant that, that happened to all of us in one way or another, we were all impacted because of this. And I remember right after that happened, the church attendance went to an all-time high. And there was a unity in our country and in the church because everybody was running to church, everybody was running to God. And there was this connectedness that we all felt because we had a very clear enemy. And here we are, 20 years later, and it's amazing what has happened to deteriorate that. Because disunity has come into our country and has even come into the church at an all-time high. And independence and disconnected has come into the church in our country at an all-time high because we value independence over interdependence. Do you live in the same country I live in? And these are the two weapons that I believe not only destroy Jesus' church, but can deteriorate a culture in a society. 
But if we don't clearly identify them, and we don't clearly identify this is the enemy we are fighting, we are going to fight amongst ourselves. And, and, and this is a rally cry of these verses that we just read to say that God wants to give his church and his people a power. And, 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 and God wants to do something great, but we need one another in order to do it. I, in my own life, and the people that I talk to, and I've been asking a lot of questions, it's amazing to me right now the amount of mental fatigue and drain on people's lives right now. Am I, anybody there? I'm telling you, because there's, there's those songs today, by the way, were just, oh my goodness, I, I just had a God moment during every song we sang during worship today. And um, because, like getting our focus back on God, I don't have to worry, and I'm just putting my hope back on God, and I'm just remembering him. How many of y'all needed that? I needed it. And man, if you're listening at home, Sorry, you missed it. <laughs> um, no, I just, it was just so good. I needed that because we need it. And I believe we need one another now more than ever. And there's a pull towards isolation, but we have to fight that pull and say that I'm going to be together because we need this. Relationships were a priority to Jesus. Do you realize that one of the first things Jesus did was get himself a small group? No, I'm serious. One of the first things Jesus did before he did ministry, he said, I need a group. He did. I mean, it's one of the first things. Mark 3, it's found in the different gospels. It's like, hey, hey, you got to get, Jesus needed a group. So if Jesus needed a group, look at your neighbor and say, hey, you need one too. Come on, just look at your neighbor and say, you know, one of, say you're not better than Jesus right there. Come on. And, and, and his followers were able to ask questions in a small group. But Jesus was able to ask questions to a small group. He preached and he taught publicly, but it was in the group that the questions were answered and he got to probe a little bit and, you got to, and they got to ask him. So groups are a priority to Jesus and so they're a priority to us because I want to build and I want to be a part of something that's very, very powerful and that's Jesus here. Are you with me? So if we want to grow relationally, we need to grow on purpose. We need to grow on purpose. This is our first point here. To grow relationally, you have to do it on purpose. Listen, you've got to be purposeful in what you do. And it requires discipline. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. A lot of people grow older, but they don't grow up. Spiritually, no, spiritually speaking. Uh, unfortunately, this is true. See, I, I remember I was in nursing school. Uh, I, think I, was, I think I just turned 19 years old. And um, I remember I was walking down the hall one day and Sister Carolyn said, Richard, come in my office. When the director says, come to my office, that's never good. So I said, okay, shut the door, Richard, and sit down. And when Sister Carolyn said, shut the door and sit down, guess what you do? Shut the door and sit down. And I did. And she goes, Richard, and she leaned across her desk and she said, Richard, she goes, it's time that you stop depending on your smile and start studying. 
And I says, oh, sister, come on, man. I'm like, it worked so far, you know, like, come on, you know. And I'll never forget, she said, Richard, finals are coming. And if you don't start studying and applying yourself, you're not going to make it. Because your, your smile only got you so far. Ah, oh, sister, she's Richard. I'll never forget, she leaned across and goes, Richard, you got to start studying because finals are coming. And guess what I did? I stopped smiling and started studying. Because <laughs> she called me to a higher level. This is the verse here that actually Pastor Keith used on me one time. I was a little older and he said, he said, he didn't say Richard. He just looked at me and he quoted this verse. It says, when you're a child, you do the things of a child, but when you're a man, you do the things of a man. Or are you going to be a man? And I said, yes. I mean, yes, sir. <laughs> See, this is a call to be purposeful, to be intentional, to, 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 to like, if you're going to grow uh, your marriage, you got to do it on purpose. you got to be intentional. Yeah. It doesn't just happen because left to yourself, you go apart, right? So we got to be purposeful here. Paul, the apostle Paul said, I discipline myself. Here we go. Hebrews 5, verse 11. Hebrews 5, 11. There's much more we would like to say, but it's difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Verse 13. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what's right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Here it is, the writer in Hebrews is saying, man, I would love to give you more. But I gotta keep teaching you the basic things again because you're not putting into practice. You're not learning how to love. You're not learning how to, how, how to listen and obey and put into practice here what you already have. And so he's saying, you're really dull. You're dull. That's what he's saying. Like, that, that's not a compliment. Not like, oh, you're a real dull. No, you're dull. You're not sharp at all. See, many people come to me and say, Pastor, I want to go deep. I want the deep things of God. I says, well, you're going as deep as you want right now. Because until you put into practice the, the, the first things, you can't get to the next things. Right? See, until you put into practice what you know you already got, you can't get the, the next level. I don't know where you went to school, but I had to pass every grade to go on to the next one. And there were a few years. It was sketchy. <laughs> Come on. But you got to do, do what's right first and so you can order to go. And you got to be able to handle the little things before you go deeper. And people say, Pastor, I want the deep things. And what they're really saying is, is they want me to go deep for them. No, I want you to do all the work so I can feel like I'm growing deep. When I can't do that for you, you need other people in your life. We need other people. We need to be challenged. We need to be pushed. We need to be prodded. Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We become dull when we have nobody to sharpen us. You say, well, I'm just hard-headed. 
Well, it shouldn't be hard to get sparks off a hard-headed person. Come on. <laughs> right? And some people are like, well, I just don't like confrontation. I'm not talking about confrontation. I'm talking about getting better. I'm so thankful the people that called me up, the Sister Carolyn's and the Pastor Keith's that called me up out of myself and my childish ways so that I could become mature in Christ. And I'm thankful for that. But we need one another to sharpen us so that we can take what we've heard and put it into practice here. See, growing happens. We, we grow, and it happens when we do it on purpose. But it needs a willingness. It needs an intentionality. It needs an accountability, and it needs a vulnerability. See, without these things, we stay dull. We need an accountability. We need a vulnerability. And in Bridge City Church, we want to create groups and we want to be, we want to create a place that's really, really difficult for you to have struggles alone. And we want to create a really, really difficult place that when you life's going good for you, you don't have a place to share it with other people. And we want to play, create a place that's very, very difficult for you to know a little bit and not be able to share it with somebody else. See, that's the goal, but we forget that because we get lost in, 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 in the mundane. We get lost in everything here. Number two, growing relationally requires a process. It requires a process. It takes a process, not a program. Yeah, it takes a process, not a program. It, it's done by a someone, not a something. And people come to me a lot and they say to me, this is another question I get a lot. Well, what kind of programs do you have at your church? They always say this, what kind of programs? Now, we're not a program church. We're a process church. We, we continual development. From now until we do your funeral, you're gonna continually develop. That sounded kind of cold, but it's kind of true, isn't it? Right? No, I'm serious that you're gonna keep growing and processing. And so people come to me and say, Pastor, what kind of program do you have at your church? And I say, because they just wanna know what kind of program. I say, okay, we have, we have one program. We have one program. It's called Less of You and More of Jesus. That's the program. That, that's the program. We want less, because it's less of me and more of Jesus. If you want a program, that's it. But we need a process to be able to live that out so it becomes a reality in our lives here. Because we, we want to have transformation, not just information. See, we want transformation by the Holy Spirit, not just information, but information that based on the Bible that leads to revelation will bring transformation. But only if we put it into practice. Like the truth of this word works. It works. It's just we got to work it. And we got to have faith to believe it. And that's why I need people in my life to strengthen my faith when I don't have much. That's what I need. And that's what we all need. We need this process. Do you know that the Bible, there's this word in the Bible used for saints. And everywhere in the Bible that saint is used, holy, set apart one, it's always used plural, saints, plural. And I believe personally, this is just my belief now, that in order to be holy and pleasing to God, we need one another. 
Because left to myself, everything's good. But when we relate to one another, that's where challenge comes. And I can become more like Jesus. Right? See, it's all the one another's in the Bible. 100 times in 94 verses is the word one another in the Bible. 47 of those give instruction to the church. 47. Follow me here. So 47 times God thought it was necessary to mention something in the Bible. How many of y'all think that's important? 47 times. Y'all good? Y'all good? Okay, a third of those are dealing with church unity. Another third are dealing with um, loving one another. 15% deal with, I'm trying to move out of your pictures. It is like so difficult here. I am like, um, I'm, I'm trying, I really am. And um, 15% stress and attitude of humility and def- different. I feel like I'm playing dodgeball right now. I feel like I'm playing dodgeball with you. It's like, okay, I'll just go hide in the drum shield, okay? Is that good? Like. That's where I think I should be right now. And, um, but this is, this is so true. Like, like why, is, why do you think God had to say this so much? For the same reason that he had to command men to love your wives, because it doesn't come natural. For the same reason that women are commanded to respect their husbands, because it doesn't come natural. For the same reason, he said, okay, this is what I, you need to do. You got to live and you got to be careful of disunity and being disconnected, and you got to love one another. Are you there? And so that's what we got to. That's why we need. So we need a process to do that. And in Philippians three, there's this whole process. The Apostle Paul. I just want to give you a couple verses. You can study them out later. The Apostle Paul was like, "I didn't achieve it yet. I, I, I didn't. I didn't get there, man. I didn't even reach perfection. But I press on to that perfection by which Jesus first." first uh, possessed me. And he goes on in the next verse. And um, there we go. Dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on how many things? Oh man, I'm going to forget the past. I'm going to press on to the future. And this is where we are in the process of growth in our lives. Many people are trying to forget the past. We're stuck somewhere in between forgetting our past and pressing on to our future. Am I right? That's where we're stuck. We're stuck here. And that's why we're doing Victory and Freedom Weekends next, next month on October 16th because many people are stuck in between and they're stuck in their growth process and we want to jumpstart your growth process. So if you get into a group and, you, and we can get you to deal with your past and forget about it and press on and lean forward and strain forward, because that's what that word means. It's straining forward with everything you have as you're, like you're crossing the finish line. Then if you watch the Olympics when they cross the finish line, it's like everything they have is lunging for that line. That's, that's the word here. It's like pressing. Everything's going for this. But that's how we have to reach forward. But I can't do that if I'm focused on the past here. See, see, this is why we need a process. A place we can't hide our doubts, fears, challenges, and struggles. I want to read to you an excerpt from a book by Paul Tripp. And it's called Dangerous Calling. It talks about an unhealthy culture of isolation. And it speaks to pastors, so I'm going to speak to myself first and then share with you how I believe it applies to all of us. You all good? And this is the quote. I have now come to understand that I need others in my life. I now know that I need to commit myself to living in intentionally intrusive, Christ-centered, 
grace-driven, redemptive community. I have realized how much I need warning, encourage, rebuke, correction, protection, grace, and love. Since as one who has remaining sin still inside of him, it is right to say that the greatest danger in my life exists inside of me and not outside of me. Then wouldn't it be also the height of arrogance to think that I would be okay if left to myself? breaks my heart on how many pastors over the last 18 months have committed suicide. It's not for a lack of the word. It's not for a lack of prayer because pastors are some of the most dedicated. What's it a lack of? True relationship. And if it's good enough for me, and it was good enough for Jesus, I think it's good enough for all of us. See, I used to think I was like five or six decisions away from destruction. I watched people in general, not pastors, but people, and I watched men fail morally and ethically, and I've watched this happen, and I said, arrogantly, I said, that'll never happen to me. But without being purposeful and without a process, so might I. I used to think I was five decisions away from destruction, and then I realized I'm only one decision away. The one decision is, is isolation. And when we get isolated, we become a target. And we become out of the process of what's going on with a group of people wrapped around God's presence and his purpose and his process. We become selfish. And I'm here to share with you, I'm no different than you. I'm just one decision away and so are you. And I want to do everything I can within my power to keep you from making that one decision that goes to isolation, that goes to being disconnected, that, that, that lends itself to those things. We have a pretty cool growth track that we've been working on and you're gonna hear a lot more about this in the future about, that's why we want you to get into next steps and learn who we are and discover your gift and see how you can make a difference and become an active and growing part. And then after this, you're gonna hear about this a lot beginning of next year. We're gonna unroll it and we're gonna do everything we can to grow you. How are we gonna, the growth process, you gotta get a personal devotion and a corporate worship. Victory and Freedom Weekends a small group and a team, a place where you're challenged, encouraged, godly perspective, and you take your next step. I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus expects us to grow. Growing relationally happens with people, with one another. 
God designed us and created us to do it with one another. Hebrews 3, verse 12. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every day. How many days? How many days? Yeah, you got to warn each other every day while it is still so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Now, I know many of people sitting here saying, that's not me, that'll never be me. Don't ever say, that'll never be me. That's the first spot of, man, something's about to go down, it's not good. Mm -mm. We need one another so we can warn each other and uh, keep each other from getting hardened hearts towards God and that we listen to one another. You know, I've learned most Christians think they're a lot better at listening to one another than they really are. (laughs) Right? We need one another. Um, we need a place to encourage others and we need a place to be encouraged. We need a place to challenge others and a place to be challenged. We need a place to give godly respect, perspective and receive godly perspective. It's a two-way street. So if you're gonna go to, to a group, I'm just telling you right now, it is not gonna solve all your problems. As a matter of fact, it's going to create more than it solves. Right? I mean, it's like, it's like you get married thinking all your problems are going to be solved. <laughs> How did that work out for you? <laughs> How did that work out? Did that work out good for you? Come on. Yeah, no relationship I've ever been solved all my problems. Because I don't, I don't look to a man. In my case, it takes a man to raise up a man. It takes a woman of God to raise up a woman of God. So the men in my life, I need, there'd be gotta be a two way so we can sharpen one another. And we, there's, a, there's, a, there's a purpose and there's a process of growth. And we do this with people. And so, and just a, very shortly here, there's groups all listed on the walls around you right now. I know some people right here, several people this morning told me they, they're already planning on double dipping. And listen, that's good, good, double dip. You, in church, is the only place you can double dip. Come on. <laughs> but I want, you to get, I want you to get into a group. It's not, listen to me, listen, 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 saints. It's not gonna solve all your problems, but it's gonna put you in a place where the purpose, the process, and the people of God will help bring the purity of God into your life. It's the purity of God, the holiness of God that can be worked through his word and prayer, and we can do this deal together. 
because the amount of mental fatigue and the amount of mental problems that are going on in the world, we need all the help we can get. You know, I was having a lot of problems with my my back a while ago, and I and I start going to the I I got a membership to a to a gym. But you know what? It didn't work having the membership. I don't know if you ever tried that before. <laughs> if you ever tried to get in a membership and it, like, you still have to go. <laughs> have you ever noticed that you still have to go? You still got to open that front door. <laughs> and uh, so then I start going. I start going and, and kind of haphazardly doing some things. So I did, then I even start going regularly. Look at me. And, um, and then I started looking up some routines and doing it on my own. Do you know where I made progress in my life? when I got a personal trainer, when I got somebody personally that said, okay, you're, you're doing that, but you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> I'm saying that's what happened. Day one, you're doing it all wrong. Do this and then do this and then do this. And how, so if it, got, it got to be so much like, I, I just go, how many times do I do it? I'm like, what kind of shirt should I wear? I mean, it was like, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to do and I'll do it. Like, See, when you get desperate enough, it's like, just tell me, it's, it's, it's like, what kind of water should I drink? You know, I mean, it's like cold water, warm water, you know, just like dirty water, just tell me. You know, it's like, I'll drink it, I'll drink, just tell me. Like, see, if you get desperate enough, you'll do it. The problem is most people aren't desperate enough because life is pretty good just the way it is. So how'd I do? No, really, how'd I do? Did I... If I convince you to get into a group, how did I, I like that's a real question. I, I, did did it work? We have a growth process. It's it's next steps, and if you haven't been there, next week Pastor Eric's going to come and tell you about that. And then we have we have lots of growth processes. We have the Women's Overflow Conference coming up on October second. Got to get there and get get signed up. Get registered. Get there. Come on. These are growth opportunities. Growth opportunities to grow relationally. But getting into a group. Could you stand to your feet with me just for a minute? Growing relationally, on purpose, in a process, with people, will lead to the purity of God on your life. But more importantly than just getting into a group, I wanna know, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? No, a personal relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. If you don't, that's the best thing I could offer you. More than a group, you gotta get connected to God himself. Gotta get connected to God, he's the one. And if you don't have a day, a moment, or time where you began that relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ, I want to offer you today a day where Jesus Christ, because of what he did on the cross for you, to forgive your past and then lead you into your future. And if you don't have that day, today can be your day. Jesus, forgive me of my past. We all have one. 
And you can give up trying to be perfect enough to earn God's love because you'll never be perfect enough to earn it. Never. You'll never be perfect enough to earn it because it's a free gift. And Jesus, lead me into my future. Give me a purpose beyond anything. And in this moment right now, if you're here today, and you don't have a day, a moment, or time, but you'd like today to be your day, I want you to joyfully and boldly just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I want that today. I want that today. Anybody in the house today that just says, I want that to be my day. Heavenly Father, I pray for every person here today, Lord. God, that you would lead us and guide us to grow relationally, Father. Lord God, and I pray for every person in this room right now that's they're struggling with that decision of relinquishing control of their life to you, God. I pray that even after we close today, God, that you're going to be close to them. God, and they, they'll commit their lives to you, Father, based on Jesus Christ. God, thank you for the privilege of growing. Grow these people, God. They belong to you, Lord. And God, I pray, Father, for a blessing on every group leader in Jesus' name. Every group leader, God, the anointing of God upon their life, that every group will be a transformational place where Holy Ghost transformation will happen. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Let's give God a great big hand. Praise God. Thank-